While two men were walking through a field and an enraged bull started pursuing them. So they ran towards the fence, uh, but it was soon apparent that they weren't going to make it. So terrified, one shouted out to the other. He said, John, put up a prayer. We're in for it. John said, I can't. I've never made a public prayer in my life. The other guy said, John, you've got to do it. We're going to be in trouble, serious trouble. He said, all right, I'll pray the only prayer I know. It's the one my father used at the table. Oh, Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. These days we often hear of and we see of people facing tragic circumstances. You watch those refugees risking our life and family to, for a better hope in another nation, another land. Some of them lose their lives getting across there. Once over there, some of them carry in their hands all their worldly possessions. They have nothing else, maybe a bit of money um, in a bank somewhere, I don't know, but very, very little. And then others live in war-torn nations in fear of death every single day. Tonight, millions will go to bed hungry, desperately hungry. In fact, too many will die of salvation, salvation and of curable diseases. When I see and I read of all these people, I wonder, how is it I can still complain about my lot in life? And I wonder what God thinks of my grizzling. And I think I hear him say, quite regularly, Tark, you have no idea of how blessed you really are. Please stop complaining. Not that I have, but that's what I hear. Isn't it true that the negative things in our lives impact us so much more than the good things? The power of the negative is what makes us complain. You see, one negative in your life, seriously, outweighs the 50 positives. For example... You may be in good health today, but have a sore ankle. I guarantee you, the only thing you think about is not the thousand, ten thousand parts of your body working well. All you think of is that one ankle that's not doing so well. The power of the negative makes us whingers, (laughs) complainers, apart from some of you who are just like Jesus. Psalm 103 verse 2 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Say it with me. Forget not all his benefits. It's all too easy to forget his benefits. Wonder how many of you woke up this morning and thank God that you had a bed to sleep on. Wonder how many even thought about the fact that you woke up was a blessing. See, we just take it for granted, don't we? But as soon as something went wrong this morning, man, you were mad. Not in this church, but I know in other churches that happens. (laughs) It's been such a fantastic year and so many blessings. I want to speak on a favorite topic of mine, which is thankfulness. With our children, our grandchildren, we need to teach them gratitude and thankfulness. I was told recently this lady bought a Christmas tree. But yet she couldn't see the Christmas tree because she bought 300 gifts. You say, how many kids did she have? Three. 100 gifts per child. 
I wonder what those kids are going to grow up to be like. I would suggest she did them a great injustice. Don't be like the little boy who was given an orange by a man. And the boy's mother said, what do you say to the nice man? The boy thought about it for a while, handed back the orange to the man and said, peel it. Hmm. The old days, a good old whack over the ear. But not these days. It's a funny example, isn't it? But I wonder how much of that's in us. We get so blessed and then just offer a little complaint. It wasn't quite good enough. Or, hey, God, you bless me here, but you, you, you missed this here. So God, here, give your gift back and can you just make sure it's all done properly, please? In the midst of enjoying blessing... Don't forget the blesser. You've got to connect the blessing and the blesser. Here's an example. We're so blessed to be in this nation where we can enjoy fantastic holidays, beaches, water if you like that, boats, great scenery. And many of us will. But let's not forget the one who blessed us with this great nation. As we enjoy time with family and friends, don't forget the one who blessed us with family and friends. Connect the blessing with the blesser. And that will keep your heart in a thankful place, which really is so very, very important. One woman wrote an article how her cousin invited her to a Thanksgiving dinner. You know, America, Thanksgiving Day is a big thing. But she was invited in March, not November, which is the normal date. So it seemed a bit unusual. And the lady just basically went on to say this, that her husband had finished some hospital tests and the results were good. So they had a Thanksgiving dinner. She said some years they have 10 Thanksgiving dinners. Every time there's a blessing, a promotion, financial favor, a graduation, they had a Thanksgiving dinner. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing? That's gratitude. That's returning the thanks to the God who gave the blessing. So when the promotion came, it wasn't taken for granted. Oh, my boss promoted me. No, no, God promoted me. I want to bless him. And so we connect the two at all times. So Colossians 3 and verse 17, if you've got your Bibles, reads this way. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through them. What that teaches us is that 10 Thanksgiving dinners in a year actually would not be enough. Because this Bible says in Colossians, in whatever you do every day of every year, we should be giving thanks to God. Over and over again, 
every single day. In fact, we could have a Thanksgiving dinner every night. In fact, when we have our meal in the evening, we do give thanks, don't we? Don't we? Okay, all right, just checking. Why not just extend that a bit and take some time to thank God, you know, for the blessings? Why not take a minute or so? Why not take a couple of minutes? Why not get the family to pray a prayer of thanksgiving? Not once a year. Why not do it every day? You say, well, my roast dinner will get cold. (laughs) Tough. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Better your roast dinner gets cold than your heart gets cold and loses its attitude of gratitude. Colossians 2.7 says, abounding in it with thanksgiving. He wants us to abound with thanksgiving. I reckon the greatest compliment anyone could ever pay you would be to say, boy, she is such a thankful person. Wow, he's just so thankful all the time. Would be a tremendous compliment. So I wonder how many of you want to develop a strong family? All of us, don't we? Dr. Nick Stinnett of University of Nebraska did research to discover qualities that were common among strong families. And they found that there were six main qualities. But the first one, and possibly the most important attribute to building a strong family, was appreciation. Family members expressed appreciation to each other and for who they were. They so valued one another. They so thanked God for one another. And that's a key ingredient to building a strong family that can hold together through the storms and the trials and the battles of life. And you know, we need to thank God and thank one another daily, especially our family members. But also we need to value people more than things. There's a man, and when his nephew was, uh, Josh, was just 11 years old, he bought himself a used Ford Taurus. It was in pristine condition. He waxed it and he washed it religiously. One day he went to the petrol ta- station and filling up the tank and washing the windows. And his son Josh wanted to help him. And so he grabbed a squeegee and began to help, help clean the car up. But accidentally he, he scraped the metal part of the squeegee across the bonnet and made a one-inch gash or scar in the paint. Well, of course, the man was absolutely livid and he yelled at him uh, for what he had done, for the damage. As he's yelling at his son, his wife stops him and says these words, which is more valuable, Josh or the car? Which one? Josh or the car? That man said that day he learned a great lesson. A great lesson. People are more valuable than things. You may drop your most valued Things in your home, you know, your dishes or whatever they might be, a prize set that you have that you paid so much for and it may drop and it may break. Friends, that's not nice to happen. 
But to break a thing is nothing like breaking a person. And too many people are getting broken in our society today, friends. And we've got to be reminded again that people are more valuable than things. And we need to express our appreciation and thanks continually for people. Now, the next part that I'm going to share won't be true of every home and every marriage, so I apologize for that, but stay with us anyway. You'll get the point. So let's be thankful for our family's goodness to us. It's very easy to take our spouse, our children, our parents, our brothers, our sisters for granted. Our home is where we are loved the most, but often it's also where we can be hurt the most. Being thankful, I think, stifles Satan's attacks on our homes. It really helps a lot. So husbands, remember the beautiful girl you met at the altar, and maybe the one who bore your children. And has stood by you. Want to express your thanks in a romantic way? Kenny Rogers' song, Buy Me a Rose, Call Me From Work, Open the Door for Me, What Would It Hurt? Thank you for that overwhelming response at that point. <laughs> It's like every husband said, forget it, buddy. I'm never going to do that. (laughs) Wives, remember the man you fell in love with and swooned over. (laughs) Don't let an expanding waistline (laughs) and some balding put you off. Remember, children, be thankful for the mother who bore you inside of her and the father who has sacrificed, in many cases, so much for you. Parents, 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 be thankful for the times of joy, that one time of joy that your children have given you. (laughs) See, we need to focus on the things we are thankful for about our family, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our brothers, our sisters. Why don't you do that right now? Just in your heart, say, thank God, Lord, for every member of my family. Thank God for my wife, my husband, my kids, my parents, whatever it is, just be thankful. Just be thankful. You know why be thankful? People pretty much become what we believe about them. If you keep believing your husband's a horror, he'll continue to be one. If you keep believing your kids are just terribly behaved and just the worst around. That's what they will become. You see, your words can transform people because my Bible says love is the greatest. Love has creative power. 
And sometimes we have to look beyond the exterior and see the person made in the image of God and thank God for them. Thanksgiving is going to give you great power to handle tremendous adversity. The Apostle Paul, isn't it true he suffered so much? Shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, persecuted, ridiculed, going hungry, his friends deserting him. How is it that he would be the one to speak more than anyone else about thankfulness, about joy, and about being an overcomer? When you read through the life of the Apostle Paul, you look at the start of his epistles, most of them start with thanksgiving. Guy's probably just been beaten up and left for dead and shipwrecked and been without food, but he still starts with thanksgiving. And I believe that was one of the keys to the power in Paul's life to be joyful and to be a great overcomer and a champion of the faith. You see, joy, friends, is not external. It's an inside job. Joy is on the inside. Some of the people who suffer the most are the most joyful. Missionary Benjamin Weir was held hostage in Lebanon and imprisoned in miserable conditions for 16 months. Now, you can only imagine what it was like in a place like that. How did he cope? How did he manage? Well, in his first interview, after his release, they asked him that question. They asked him how he spent his time and how he dealt with the boredom and the despair. Do you know what he said? I want to quote exactly the words that he spoke in that situation. His answer stunned the reporters. He simply said, I managed and I coped by counting my blessings. And they inquired and said, like, what blessings are you talking about? Well, he went on. He said, some days I got to take a shower. Next time you take a shower, thank God that you can. See, we just take it all for granted, don't we? We just take it for granted. And then he said, sometimes they were given some vegetables in my food. And I could always be thankful for the love of my family. Wow. Benjamin Weir discovered the power to overcome adversity was thankfulness. See, he was physically in bondage. We know that. But spiritually and mentally, he was free because he had learned to give thanks to God even in the harshest, severest of circumstances. Thanksgiving will give you power to overcome the greatest of adversities. We need to be thankful for the contribution people have made in our lives. You know, Paul again repeatedly expressed his thanks to those who had partnered with him. As much as people love to boast about what they've done, nobody, nobody, nobody makes it on their own. 
They've all had help along the way. There's been people who've invested in them, invested their prayers, invested their wisdom, invested their skills, invested their love, their advice, so many different things. No man is an island. And people have given us a helping hand in times of need. And you're probably thinking of people right now coming to mind. But how often we forget them. I can think of so many people, you know, over the years that have poured into my life, that have helped me in so many ways as I was growing up during my school years, you know, during university and, you know, when I got first saved and then pastoring and then on the mission field and all through my life, there's hundreds if not thousands upon thousands of people who have invested their lives in me. I can't count how many people have prayed for me over the years. See, no, no one is self-made, friends. There's so many people that have contributed to bring us to the place where we are today. We really need to remember them, and we need to take time, when we can, to thank them. Express our gratitude. There's an article by the famous singer Gloria Estefan in the Reader's Digest. It's quite interesting, because in this article, Gloria showers words of appreciation. Now, she's a famous singer, right? But she's showering words of appreciation on her first grade school teacher who helped her adjust to school life, to overcome bullying, and to learn English in her first year as a new student. And Gloria went even a step further and made arrangements for that teacher from so many years ago to attend a concert she was performing when she was in the teacher's own town. So here's a lady going back to her school days. And how the teacher had helped her and blessed her so much. I was, when I was reading through that article, I remembered, I thought of a teacher that had helped me through my school years as well and, and had been kind to me and good to me. But I, I have to admit, I've never gone back and said thank you. But when we can, where we can, what a great thing to do. Right now, some names will be coming to your mind. Those names are from the Holy Spirit. Make sure you take time to express your thanks to those people, wherever they might be. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. The famous verse, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. I think one of the signs that we're maturing as Christians is that when we can give thanks, even in the most difficult of times. Friends, anyone can be thankful in good times, when we're blessed and everything's going well, but in hard times, in difficult times, to give thanks then, well, that's a whole nother level. St. Francis of Assisi was a spiritual giant, and he said something that I think is one of the most wonderful bits of advice any person could ever get. He said this, in times of great darkness, he committed himself to being grateful. In times of great darkness, he made a commitment, God, this time I will be incredibly grateful and thankful to you. We can all make that decision, friends, right here, right now, today. And if you do, it will change your life. It will release God's power and blessing in you.
<clears throat> so why would God insist we be thankful in the midst of suffering? Like, what's the deal with that? Well, God only requires whatever's best for us. See, the truth will set you free. Giving thanks in hard times will actually release you and bless you and do you good. A thankful heart is a key to the internal health of your soul. You see, life presents us with many challenges, hurts, disappointments, setbacks, injustices. Thankfulness will keep your heart in a good place, keep you free of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, all those terrible things that just clog up our system and wreck our lives. But thankfulness will keep us in a place of peace and freedom and a right spirit. Psalm 69, 30 to 31 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bull. What's that saying? God's saying, hey, thanksgiving is more important to me and of more value than some great sacrifice you might make in, in living for me or serving me or even giving to me. Thanksgiving is far more valuable to me. I appreciate that more than virtually anything else. That's why a service like tonight, friends, is so important because God loves a thankful heart. God loves thanksgiving. God appreciates it when we go out of our way and we make time to give him thanks. It means so much to our God. It means so much. And one of the reasons it means so much to him is because it releases him to bless you. It releases him to do you good. It releases him to work in your circumstances. And he desperately, desperately wants to bless you. It's like little kids. You give them a, a present or something. If they're ungrateful, the next time they ask for something, you kind of think, well, I don't think so. But, the, but if they're so appreciative, so thankful, so grateful, you just want to give them more, don't, do you not? And so, friends, it's the same with God. The more thankful we are, the more God is able to bless us. But also thankfulness releases miracles. Psalm 50, verse 23. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, watch this, and prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. Salvation is every aspect of being set free, healed, delivered, blessed, strengthened. Salvation is a whole, whole deal. It's not just salvation from sin, but salvation in your circumstance. Salvation in the, the, the situation you may be facing. Thanksgiving prepares the way for God to show His salvation in your life. So when you thank God, it's like you're rolling out the red carpet for God to walk down with His blessing in your life, His favor upon your circumstances, your finances, your family, every area of your life. Thanksgiving prepares the way for the coming of the Lord into your life, into your circumstances, into your family. Daniel 6 verse 10, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, prayed and gave thanks before his God. That was at the risk of death. As was his custom since the early days, Daniel was a man with a great heart of thanksgiving. When he was thrown into the lion's den, God worked a miracle for him. See, when your life is filled with thanksgiving, you're going to experience more miracles in your life because it releases God's power. Thanksgiving is learned behavior. You've got to learn to do it. You've got to train yourself to do it. You've got to work out how to do it. So how's your Thanksgiving muscle? Is it a mighty bicep? So strong because you've developed it over the years? Or is it 
just flabby, <laughs> loose, and weak. I wonder which it is. See, the way for me to grow a thankful heart is to turn my heart into a garden of thanksgiving. My heart needs to be a place where I plant seeds of thankfulness all the time. And I sow seeds of thankfulness into my heart, I'd say pretty much every single day, because I start my times with God without fail, thanking Him for His blessings of the day before and every other blessing or many blessings that I can think of. Sometimes it might take me 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes just thanking God for His blessings. It does wonders in my heart. It's fantastic soil for fruit to grow. I thank God most days this year for what He's done in this church. I don't take anything for granted. See, the way I see it, friends, I'm pretty greedy and I'm pretty selfish. And I know the more I thank God, the more He's going to bless me. I just know that. And it's hard to be thankful and miserable at the same time. I'd say impossible. Cicero said, a thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue, but the parent of all other virtues. Wow, what a huge statement. It's almost like every other fruit grows founded on a heart of thankfulness. Let's do all we can to develop the rich soil of thankfulness in our hearts. It will release tremendous blessing in our lives and in the lives of others. May God bless you with an enormously thankful and grateful heart. Amen? Musicians, please.